Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Carter comes up shooting. Got it! 1.2 seconds to go! Vince Carter, you are amazing! Give it to me! A little baby black! Get that out of here! <laughs> You are listening to 95 to Infinity Podcast. I am Brandon Kajoka. Joining me on the line is Christian Wolfgang Grafen and Gregory Euro shot his voice. Basketball is finally back. Three games in. What do you guys think? I think it's great. I mean, look, Christmas Day, there was no good games. They were all blowouts, so that kind of sucked. The Raptors have lost their first two games, so that's kind of sucked. But I'm still super, super happy the basketball's back. I mean, nothing better. Yeah, I I agree with Graf. It's been a bittersweet start to the season. Um, unfortunately, I missed those Christmas games due to family obligations, but it didn't sound you like didn't I missed much. So. Well, that's unacceptable. Oh, my God. Right. Family above basketball? How dare you? No, it's not like me at all. Usually, I make sure to watch my Christmas games. I had uh, a lot of blowouts. It's been a strange start to the season. Well, let's start off with that. Speaking of blowouts, the first game I want to talk about was the game a couple days ago between the Dallas Mavericks, the LA Clippers, 124-73. I think the Clippers put up 27 points in the first half. Um, obviously, the Clippers are 2-1, and one, Mavericks are 1-2. Early start of the season, this might be a blip on the radar, but there's any cause for concern for Clippers land. Can, you know, this is a pretty staggering deficit loss to the Mavericks. Um, Greg, what are your impressions of this blowout? Like, do you think the Mavericks are a realistic force in Western Conference? Do you think the Clippers are a little bit overhyped? Or do you think it's just, you know, the early season blues? How do you think it happened? So, Brandon, I want to thank you for, for putting this first on the docket and, and coming to me with it because this really made my day. Um, you know, we, we griped last week about the, the Clippers organization and, and, and what they've come to represent. And to me, when I see a game like this, right, you're right. Blowouts happen. Okay. Uh, keep in mind the Clippers had beat uh, the two teams ahead of them, really, uh, in people's minds, that being Denver and the Lakers coming into this. And they didn't have uh, their their leader, right, uh, for lack of a better word, or at least their best player uh, in, in Kawhi Leonard. So with all that being said, okay, you cannot put out an effort like that and just, you know, write it off as, oh, um, I had too much fun on Christmas. It's not a big deal, as Paul George said. Because what it showed was a lack of of spirit, right? A lack of fight, okay? When you go down that much 
and you're you're not even showing frustration on the court, right? I think it speaks to a potential culture problem, right? That we've identified with the Clippers, right? Where they they believe they're better than they are. Uh, they have a prima donna attitude. And once again, in the case of Paul George, making excuses for it. You can't blame Christmas. Like, you not know <laughs> that you were going to play? And it was two days after Christmas. He just doesn't want to admit that he got owned by the most entertaining young player to watch in the league, which is Luka Doncic, maybe after Trey Young right now because he's lighting it. Yeah, it's been absolutely interesting to see how the season's kind of progressed. Another team I really want to touch base on is, uh, you know, a, a team that many people are a little bit more optimistic about this upcoming season, that is the Golden State Warriors. Um, obviously, Clay Thompson injury was was catastrophic, the Achilles injury, him going out for the entire year yet again. Um, but, you know, realistically, looking at this team, looking at this roster, Seth Curry and the and, and just a bunch of bums, essentially, at this point, you know, even with Clay Thompson graph, do you think the Golden State Warriors have any path to success? Or what, is this an, are you looking at this team to, you know, maybe think about blowing it up or reshuffling the deck because, you know, you're looking at this current iteration of the team, obviously about Clay, but, you know, Wiggins is getting it done. Kelly Oubre is shooting a absolutely historically terrible start to the season. Um, you know, just Wiseman's looked all right, but what are your thoughts on the Warriors moving forward and what did, what do they need to do to get the, the, the ship back together, more or less, even with Thompson out? Um uh, so I, I, again, like I usually I'm somebody who likes to blow, you know, sort of blow teams up ever since the Daryl Morey thing with the 76ers. But I don't think this is the, the Golden State really is in that position right now. Um, Draymond Green hasn't played yet. He's a key. He's yeah. a pretty key glue, glue sort of guy. That, though, that realistically, team? at this point, do you think Draymond Green, especially what we saw of him last year and the year before, you know, do you think he's the same player? You know, you saw a playoff Draymond a couple of years ago, that tenacious dick kicking psychopath. Or do you think he's fallen off quite a bit? Because from the eye test and what you've seen so far the last couple of years, doesn't look, th- look like the same guy. Yeah, but the whole team in general hasn't looked the same, right? Like they didn't have Steph Curry or Clay last year either. So it's kind of hard for one person who admittedly, I think as well, is not the best player on the team. Like he knows that, right? He knows his role. He knows he's there to support those kind of players, not to sort of take over a team. And, you know, because of that, I, I think that, Right now, they're 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 not really in panic mode. Um, in my opinion, James Wiseman is going to round out to be a really really good piece, like to that team in, in the future. And again, it sucks because last year we said the exact same thing, right? We said next year Golden State's going to be competitive; they're going to be back to what they were. And then that injury happened to Clay. It really shows, obviously, that how important he is. But really, what show, in my opinion is that they can still win with this roster. They have really good talent. Wiggins, you know, his shooting is not that great, but he's being relied on right way too much right now, just simply because Clay's out. So I think when they have their full roster back, they're going to be a team that is not top, you know, not top two. The, the two LA teams are just way too dominant right now. Um, I don't even think that game against Dallas really matters at all. Um, the thing that matters to me was how Paul, Paul George reacted to it. But <laughs> honestly, with the Warriors, I, I would just say, honestly, let it ride. There's nothing else you can do right now. You have to slowly See, let your players I'm, develop. I'm on the other side in the sense, like, I, I get it. You know, this team does deserve having an opportunity to see get another chip. You know, it's been a, you know, a string of injuries and bad luck the last couple of years or so. But, you know, you're talking about Clay Thompson coming back next year, back-to-back catastrophic injury season enders at the age of 31. Seth's going to be 33 at the start of next season as well. 
You know, you got Draymond who's getting up there. You know, the you know, Wiseman looks like a good potential blue chip prospect, but beyond from that, there doesn't really seem to be any resemblance of complementary pieces beyond the guys I just mentioned. It's just for me, I think the window is officially closed for the Golden State Warriors. Correct me if I'm wrong. It just doesn't seem like they're going to be getting that much better, especially with salary cap restraints. And as I mentioned, just, you know, the star is getting a little bit older. Don't forget. Hey, uh, I mean, look, Michael Jordan won his next three championships at 32, 33, 34. So yeah, I wouldn't, you know, age isn't that big. So I mean, if I could just 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 quickly, I think that without Draymond Green, it's hard to assess the Warriors because he's kind of like their emotional leader, defensive communicator. Uh, while Brandon, I agree with you, I don't think that this team, especially with the way that Wiggins is playing, I don't and and Steph Curry, I don't know why why he gets a pass if he's supposed to be like what other MVP do you know that can't take control of games. Oh, Greg, who is a a minus defensively. (laughs) What do you mean by that, Greg? (laughs) Well, I'm looking at, I'm looking at the season opener, right? And to me, Steph Curry just faded. He just completely faded on the court. I mean, let's look at, I mean, you could look at other MVP caliber players and they're able to kind of carry their team. Steph is an amazing offensive weapon, but he really needs to be in the right situation. Um, and he really, I think people undervalue how important Clay Thompson was, right? Like he, he was such a, a, an important piece to bring up the best in Steph Curry because you couldn't double Steph Curry and he's going to guard the better guard. Right. Okay, so to, to sample um, size but, wise, though, you're you're isolating isolating it to one game, right? This is what I've seen from from Steph for a long time, right? Like he wasn't able even la- when 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 we beat them in the playoffs. Don't forget who missed that final shot against us, eh? In 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 Game Six, it was Steph Curry open, pretty open for three. Right. Yeah, he's got, he's got um, pretty good that series. Yeah, but I mean, he it just doesn't seem like he's able to lead. Um. When Jesus. others are out, I can't see him. He doesn't carry teams. He's not that type of talent. You know what? I, I, uh, I get where Greg's coming from in this sense. And, and a good comp would be, you know, Steph Curry puts up numbers, you know, flashy player and has a very unique skill set. You know, maybe one of the greatest three-point shooters, shooters in general in the history no, of the game. He is the greatest, talking yeah. talking about crunch time minutes, a guy that can will you to victory, a guy that has the physical ability to will your team to victory. A good comp for me would be Steph Curry and Jimmy Butler. You know, obviously Steph Curry on paper looks like the better player, but, you know, in, in a seven-game series, in a tough playoff... Yeah. I don't think it's unfair to say Jimmy Butler, at this point of their respective careers, might be a more viable player. Graf, am I crazy for saying that? Well, no, just because last year, look how, how he, you know, what he did. But you're also now, look at the team around him. Right? Look at the, like, again, like, obviously, Steph Curry, it's very hard for any superstar to will a team that's shit when their other super, two superstars are out, their two best players are out, and get them to win. Like, that's not very easy. I, I can't, I'm trying to think of someone who can do that, you know, off the top of my head pretty easily. And it's not, it's not coming. Yeah, I mean, other than LeBron, the KDs, the Kawhis, even what we saw, I mean, Butler's team around him wasn't um, wasn't that great. But I think the the point that Brandon makes is a good one because Butler can can impose himself on the game um, defensively, and he can get the ball to the basket and get to the free throw line. And like if Steph's shot isn't dropping, he just disappears from the game. Again, but I can't fully. Uh, um, make this 
we have to see what happens when Draymond Green comes back because he's the emotional leader of that team and they don't have a competitive streak without him. Yeah, because I, I can't think of KD ever leading a team without another all-star on there. Yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. Um, so, obviously, it's a relatively new season. There's a lot of moving parts. Um, you know, a lot of surprises, a lot of underwhelming performances. Again, it's three games in the season, so you can't get too locked into these assessments. But, guys, I wanted to just off the cuff, you know, I haven't really prepared you guys for this, but, you know, I want you guys to mention one player, one story, one thing within the new, new season that's kind of thrown you off a bit for the good or the bad you know something that's a little bit uh an interesting tidbit of information something surprised you this season i'm gonna go first okay and for me it's the indiana pacers you know i i thought their path to success would be girl Oladipo getting back and playing for him again he's looking like you know the more or less victor Oladipo of the old in substantially limited minutes getting 20 minutes per game or what and whatnot, but for me, it's Demonis Sabonis emerging as you know one of the best versatile mm. big men in the NBA. Graf and I were talking about this the other day. You know, not only the fact is he you know dropping like 27, 28 with twelve rebounds a game, mm-hmm. seven mm-hmm. assists to go with that. He's like the new version of Marcus All. It's someone that elevates the play of everyone around him, but he seems like a more a, a, a less defensively uh, inclined. Of an offensive player than Mark, but I, I love the way this guy's playing. I love how they draft the last couple of years. You know, I think Turner is a guy that could be a great trade chip, considering they drafted Gizaki a couple of years ago as well. You know, I think this team is on the up and up, and I really like the direction this team's going, especially to start the season off. Okay, I like I like that one, Greg. <laughs> no, uh, I I definitely agree with that. I was a huge fan of Sabonis' dad. And you got to believe that, you know, he's inherited this kind of, um, you know, with, with, with the passing game and the cerebral way that he plays, right? He, he, that, that he has that sixth sense on, uh, on the floor. Um, the biggest surprise for me thus far has probably been the slow start of Eastern Conference uh, powers. So... And I guess that's not a huge surprise because, you know, w- when you've been on the top for so long, like the Raptors, the Bucks, the Celtics, you don't have that same energy to start off a season as, say, the Nets, who I think really came out and showed everybody that they can score with the best teams in the league and that uh, they will be a force to be reckoned with. Uh, so, so, yeah, I guess what I'm most surprised at is some of the slow starts uh, by some of these Eastern Conference teams, right? We're used to the Bucks just jumping out, out of the gate and running, but they've kind of struggled a bit. The Raptors have struggled. Like I said, the Bucks have struggled. Uh, Philly's kind of hot and cold. We have a big game tonight against them. And, you know, at the top of the East right now, I think it's like the Hawks and the Cavs. The Ma- Orlando Magic, Cavs, Hawks. And the Orlando Magic, you know. <laughs> What yeah. a segue! But, what a segue to my Atlanta Hawks. I, I thank you, Greg. That was per, that was perfect. They look great. Hey, they they look great, and Trey Young looks great. That's so for me. Honestly, I didn't think that the Hawks would be off to this kind of a start. I know. Look, I know they've played Memphis twice, and they're now three and zero. But if you look at like if you break down the stats and sort of what they're doing, it's kind of what they've been trying to do for the last three years, right? Like they're number one in the league in shooting free through and shooting three points. They're third in percentage. They're eighth in rebounds. And their defensive rating is only sixteenth in the league. Like they're they're middle of the pack. If they How can keep pace. that up. 
if they can keep that up, then that's kind of like the Dallas Mavericks of last year, no? Which is a pretty hard yeah. team to beat. They were up 3-1 against the Clippers. Well, you know, hey, you um, about how's their pace? What the Hawks did this offseason, you know, the splashy guys they brought in, you know, but, you know, like the Bogdanovich, Gallinari, Rondo, etc. One guy that's kind of really blown me away is the play of Kevin Herter. You know, you're talking about a guy that they really depended on last season as a Clay Thompson sort of two guard. The guy's dropping, what, 14 points per game. You know, he's shooting like 47% from the field, 44% from three. If this guy is a legitimate starting J.J. Redick, too, this team... I, Honestly, man, this might sound kind of crazy. I wouldn't be surprised to see Atlanta in the NBA Finals this year, especially how deep his team is. <laughs> Honestly, especially how deep his team is. I think Kevin Herter moves moves the needle. I think he's the kind of guy that can elevate the play of everyone around him. You're talking about five guys on any given moment can drain the ball from the three-point line. Uh, they have so much depth on their bench as well. You know, Cam Reddish has looked absolutely fantastic. Neil Hunter had a great game the other day. Bogdanovich is kind of getting into his own right now. So the, the depth on this team, the talent alone, I, I think they're one of the best teams in the Eastern Conference. I don't think they're a pretender. I think they could be a top three team in the East. Um, Brandon, yeah, that belongs... You know, we we should make a list of all the crazy predictions like they do on Inside the NBA on, on, yeah. on TNT. That's definitely up there. I think I'm they all can... in on this. Graf, 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 my friend. Graf and Brandon, half Asian, Atlanta Hawks, packed the entire season. Uh, we uh, We're moving to Atlanta, be, buddy. We're doing I would it. Be, I, I would be <laughs> absolutely shocked, right, if, if, if they finished top three and made it even to the Eastern Conference Finals. How I shocked could, would you be, Greg? Would you be willing to gamble Lena's middle name? Ah. Uh, Sure. I mean, right now her middle name is, is, uh, is uh, Laurentia. I didn't pick it. It's it was Candace's idea. She's her full name sounds like a Roman general. Um, but no, I I, I just well, don't uh, see that happening. Greg, uh, uh, Lena Trey Young, your shotis sounds really I good. I was gonna go with like Lena that. Bogdanovich here of shotis, but you know. Oh, I like that too. I like that I like too. That. Yeah, yeah. I I maybe they win a playoff series. They don't play defense. Right? Yeah, but the Houston Rockets showed you don't need they, to fucking play defense to make it to the Western Conference Finals. Anything could happen, man. It's also <laughs> it's also about the depth, Greg. Like they can kind of switch on who they need. Like the last game they played, right? They had ten p or ten players averaging above ten minutes or having ten minutes or more, and Gallinari wasn't even playing. Like they're deep, they're very deep, and they can switch to their opponents. So you know, Trey Young's leading the league in points right now. Who knows what could happen? Yeah, I'll give you that. Clint Capella, John Collins, and DeAndre Hunter are all great defenders. So, you know, if they need that defensive lineup, they put that out there. I don't know. They're, pre- they're pretty deep this year. I'm, I'm with Brandon. We're moving to Atlanta. We're going. Peachtree. All right. Uh, last thing I want. Atlanta. Go ahead. All right. So, not just saying hot Atlanta, baby. The so last thing I want to talk about we are a Toronto Raptors no. podcast. We, the team is 0 and 2, not the start we expected. Um, but you know, there are some silver linings in these games. We also re up OG and Anobi to a pretty massive, probably uh, a, a good sign. Um, you know, what was the contract again? I was pulling this up right now. It was four year 85, I think. Four years, sorry, four years, no? $72 million. You know, you said performance yeah. start the season, you know, 10, 12 points per game, sort of a jack knife, Swiss army knife type of player. Guys, do you, do you think he has another level offensively, or do we need to get that 
level from him. You know what I mean? Like, do we need to depend on him to become more of an offensive threat in this team? Or are you content with the role right now, just kind of being that sort of complimentary piece of the stars? No, he's he's going to have to grow a bit if the team is to have the success that we're accustomed to this year. Mind you, agreed. I think he's agreed. completely capable of that. And I think what's important is that he doesn't go all in on offense and forget what makes him special defensively, right? Because part of the growth, I think, is to continue his growth as uh, an elite wing defender in the league, right? And that's going to fuel his offense, right? The more steals he gets, the more he's going to run out on the break. Right. And the more his offense is going to get flowing. Um, I think he's limited with, you know, his one on one creation abilities. And I, I think that's why I think the team actually needs to be adding another player that can score the ball rather than trying to make OG into something that he's not. Right. But I think you will see growth from him. And you're right. It's it's critical for this team. Yeah, he's I think his defensive prowess is, is there's no question about it he's really really good defensively um we haven't really won the games obviously because he wasn't we weren't able to stop brandon ingram um really that's how we lost the first game but og specifically I, in my opinion i agree with you greg he's got to take another step like he it's almost like he's not willing to to do it because he doesn't feel confident enough or something but I, the first game against the Pelicans, he went 0 for 5 from 3. Uh, his shot just wasn't there. Usually a good player there would just start driving. He just kind of shut down on offense. Um, well, that's because he, the Raptors... It's very easy, it's easy for him to, to, to get lost in the rotation because they, the Raptors also, are, they have to rely on him this year. Yeah, like I was going to say, though, part of the problem is, is that we have such a three-point happy offense, right? That, like... You know, it, it, it doesn't seem like a lot of these guys, like if they have an open three, they have to take it, even if they're not feeling it, right? It's not like back in the day when a player would step into the to the um, top of the key, right on the corners of the key there, and just take a little mid-range jump shot. Like a player like OG would maybe have a higher percentage shooting. Mind you, his two-point shot has been good, and this is more of an anomaly, I think, than anything. I think he's going to bounce back big time offensively, man. And this, and finding, if you're going to factor in the contract, you got four years, seventy-two million. You know, look at the Magic; they threw four years, eighty million dollars to Jonathan Isaac. You know, Markel Fultz got a seventy million dollar contract as well. These players are getting paid. You know, this does seem like fair market value, considering that you know Jonathan Isaac is making eight million more over a four-year span. Oh yeah, OG. and you know what? This you know, this keeps them under contract and, you know, they know that they have these assets going forward, right? Yeah, who, but who do you think we should get? You said you want us to get another score, Greg. Like, what's, I like, think, is Norman, I, I guess, Powell is who you want to move on from then? Uh, look, it, it, it's not that I have a player that, you know, in mind that, that you know, who, okay, here, you know who would look really good beside OG and uh, Siakam is someone like Karis LeVert. Some a young player yeah, that but, age I mean, who can score a little easier, right? Siakam can score. Uh, I don't think he's a natural go-to scorer, but he's shown amazing abilities, especially in transition. But in the half court, I don't think he's a natural go-to scorer. OG, that's not his elite ability. He's an elite defender who has a developing offensive game. So I just feel like pairing another young <laughs> scorer with them would really help them. Malachi Flynn, man. But again, that's a, you know, you're talking about a point guard who he has a great driving game. He has a great shot. But how's that little in-between game? How does he create the separation? 
right? He's more out of the Kyle Lowry, Van Vliet mold. Those guys can score, but are they natural scorers? And I feel like there's no natural scorers on the Raptors roster, especially because we haven't seen Norman Powell yet. I, like, I, I don't know. I don't know where the Norman Powell of last year went, but I'm hoping that he shows up eventually. Yeah. All right. Uh, thank you so much for tuning in, guys. We're going to do the short podcast moving forward, 25 to 30 minutes. Keep it short and sweet. Um, again, you can catch the podcast on TuneIn, Spotify, iTunes, uh, SoundCloud, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. We'll be back more frequently. We'll be back in a couple of days with a brand new pod. Guys, have a fantastic week. Peace out, T-Dot. Yes, Miku, the man, the unsung hero.